Father, I just thank you for this chance to come together and to uh, give you glory as your body gathers together uh, to worship you. Thank you for Tom, uh, for the friendship we share in Christ and for the uh, ministry that we partner in. Thank you for this chance to come into your word and to spend time unpacking it, discussing it, being challenged by it ourselves, and uh, encouraging your people to be challenged by it as well. So Lord, we thank you for this time. May you be glorified in it, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So a while back, Stacy George and Janice Kelp came to us about uh, an opportunity that God had put on their heart, something that they had desired to do, which was to gather uh, you and Gail and myself and Tara to come together, to pray together, for them to pray for us as our churches navigate a season yeah. of transition. And, uh, and so this was a great opportunity that brought us together, our churches together in many ways, the leadership. But little did we know how it was going to be preparing us for the season ahead. You know, fast forward a few months to this global pandemic when uh, everything about how we've done church has kind of been peeled back and, and we're thinking and praying, uh, thinking about and praying for one another and for our congregations. And, uh, and, and this idea to gather to worship together was, was on our hearts. Now, I, I believe that prior to this global pandemic, there would be no possible way that our churches would gather together on Sunday morning to worship the Lord. Not because we don't love one another, but, but because we have, we have our way of doing church on Sunday morning. You have your way of doing church on Sunday morning. Both of us love Jesus. Our, our congregations are following him. But, but this would have been unusual for us to, to take the risk to do. But we certainly live in a time now where you do nothing but take risks. <laughs> and it's been a lot of fun to see how God has shown up. And so, you know, I approached you and said, hey, maybe we should get together and, and share in a worship service together. Uh, and, and you, what, what was a great confirmation to me was you had said, well, this is awesome because we're, we're going into a study of the book of Acts and... Uh, and I proposed June 14th to you, and you said, actually, June 14th, we'll be covering Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. I thought, man, this is such a great look at when the early church was coming together and learning how to live into this new community of following Jesus. And so, yeah, that was, that's already been on your heart and, and mind as you planned out your sermon series a while ago. So I wonder, maybe you could share with me some of the, the thoughts you had, the kind of the, the the development of, of your studies of the of Acts chapter two. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say thanks for thanks for having me and, and the idea and pulling it all together and um, just all the Trinity's resources. This is this is great. And uh, thanks for the thanks for the cafeteria table. Makes yeah. me feel makes me feel right at home. Just so long as I don't have to take it down when we're done. Yeah. And we'll, I feel like I've got some bologna and cheese crusted on my end. Well, then it's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, in terms of the, the book of Acts, you know, the elders and I get together and I, I will kind of share with them what's on my heart and, and where I feel like God is God is leading us. And, you know, as you mentioned, both of our communities are in this place of um, place of transition. And Acts just, um, as I started to study it, and this idea of um, God's people submitting to the work of the Holy Spirit and then those people breaking through barriers, you know, empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's kind of like the overarching theme we've been looking at in the in the book of Acts. And when when we as believers do that, when we submit to the work of the Holy Spirit, um, people are drawn to Jesus, right? And that's what that's what we see happening in this passage. People are being 
drawn to Jesus. And honestly, it was it was God's sovereignty that had us in this um, in this passage for this this particular weekend. We actually it was actually supposed to be last weekend, um, and we were rolling along in the in the pandemic quarantine live stream from my kitchen table kind of deal. <laughs> and we had been going for like 10 or 11 weeks. And I just said to, you know, Ben was like working crazy hours trying to make things work and, and doing a great job. And I'm like, look, we just, we need, we need a break. So we finished our series on the book of the, you know, we did the Psalms greatest hits. Um, and I called uh, Rich and Heidi Joy, our founders, and said, look, we, we need a break. Can you guys teach and lead worship um, on whatever that was, the 17th of May? And they're, you know, like, absolutely, we can do it. And so that bumped our teaching schedule by a week, right? There was this gap and that, had it land right right where it is. So um, God's hand was involved in kind of doing this from the from the beginning. In terms of this, this particular passage, um, I think as, you know, my personal thinking has gone through an evolution, right? This is kind of a, a famous passage. Um, you read about it in terms of community and uh, knowing and being known and, and how the early church got together and that's what we should be like. Uh, I think as I, and all that, all that is true, but my own personal thinking on, on the text has kind of gone something like this. Um, years, years ago, I would look at it and I would, I would read things like, um, you know, the apostles teaching and the fellowship of breaking bread and the prayer. I'm like, okay, I got it. I have to do those things, right? If I want to live like one of the, the first followers of Jesus, those are the things that I should be engaging in. Absolutely true. But it became like a, a checklist for me, right? And then my, um, my attention kind of shifted from, yep, it's important. Those are check checklists. I got to do those things to, all right, I'm supposed to be doing those things with other people. Right? I got to help other people with their checklist. And now we get to today and I'm looking at this passage and it's not, it's not about the checklist, right? It's not about doing the right things. As I read this passage, it's about pursuing, um, it's about pursuing Jesus as the center, right? Stripping everything else away and pursuing Jesus. And then out of that pursuit, this desire grows in us for to learn more about the word, to be together and discuss the word, like like we're doing now, to you know, uh, to, to, for the Lord's Supper and, and for praying together, like Janice and Stacy pull us together to do. So, um, I think my thing has kind of come from the reverse side, right? So it, it's supposed to flow out of our relationship with Jesus, and that creates this desire for the other, these other things, rather than we have to do these things. Yeah. So, um, good work. The uh, as we look at it, right, the big part of this passage, um, you know, our working document, I've yeah. highlighted in all kinds of different colors, but one of the one of the, the color coding schemes was around this idea of, of devotion and, and one accord um, and thinking along the lines of difference between box checking and Jesus-centered living. Like, how? what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I, I want to say real quickly, too, that this is very exciting. Another way that we see, I've seen God's hand in this is we just came through a series where we focused on how God is equipping the church, specifically through how he's doing that work of shaping the church and he's empowering the work of the church. So it's, it's all about him, like being spirit led and spirit filled in our faith. And so uh, I love how that brings us to this place where 
we need the work of the Spirit even in our community to, to draw us together. Because as you were talking, uh, one of the things that struck me was I'm a box checker, right? And and when I I understand there's a distinction between um, checking the box of my faith and actually living in this intimacy with, with Christ and trusting in Him and depending on Him and being encouraged by Him. But I also realize that when I get stressed, when I'm in a, a heightened season of stress, it's easy for me to fall back on that on this box checking. And so I need I need these people who are devoted with me. I need these people who are going with me, who are who are chasing after this uh, passion for the Word of God, for the fellowship of being together. You know those things that we see unpacked here in, in Acts chapter two. I think you know we we mentioned. Uh, this idea of being devoted together, having this like singleness of heart. We see we see this in verse 46 where Paul says, uh, sorry, Luke reports, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. And I know that in different translations, uh, you know, we, we look at this idea of, of, of this um, singleness of heart, this devotion, um, but he even opens the passage by saying they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the breaking of bread, to the fellowship, and to the prayers. There's there's this uh, there, there's this commitment together toward what God would have for them. It's this this sense of uh, of shared value system, a, a shared uh, partnership in uh, in pursuing the way of Jesus, which which is really I mean what we were mentioning before. This community is a new community, a new way of doing life, and and they need one another to, to, to share in that because you know when we when we find ourselves in stressful places, we we tend to kind of let go of, of what we're commit, committed toward and fall back on what what's familiar and what's what's easy. So you know I think that for me um, that that it's much like I would compare it to our, our marriages, our wet you know. On your wedding day, you share these vows where you uh, profess your devotion to one another in, in sickness and health, in good times and in bad, and for, uh, for richer, for poorer. All these times where you say, regardless of the circumstances, I am devoted to my wife. Uh, and, and honestly, <laughs> it's good to have that, that moment to look back on and remember your devotion, right? Because there are challenging times, right? I think, I think along those lines, um, and this is not original to me. This, I think the first time I read it was uh, something John Piper shared. But um, what leads us to do the things we do in, in our marriages, right? So if I go to great lengths to prepare a night out for Gail, my wife and I, and I get her a gift, make sure everything is squared away at home, and then I show up and I'm like, hey, this is my obligation. <laughs> or I show up and I'm like, Sweetie, you are the light. You, I love you more than anything. I, this is, I wish I could do this for you every day, all day. Let's, let's go have a great time. Those things are going to be received very differently, right? And, and God doesn't want our obligation, right? That, back to the checklist thing. He wants our, our devotion. That's what, that's what he's looking for. And I, you know, totally, totally resonate, relate, whatever, to the idea of marriage. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I have one of those stories too when I, uh, when I showed up with a gift that was more of an afterthought than a, a planned, intentional, and I'm so thankful for my wife because she's gracious and forgiving. 
but you, you learn from that too. You realize, man, if I'm not intentional, you know, if I don't, if I'm not devoted to this and, and thinking about it and giving space to it and, and, and committed to it and steadfast in my love in this place, it does, it, 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 it becomes an afterthought, right? Where we, where we fall back into those places of obligation and checking the box of Christianity. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that this, this devotion uh, that, that Luke is talking about here, that the church committed themselves to, is one where they, they chose to, to live a very intentional way of being, you know, like, like committing themselves to a path that, that, uh, that, that communicated their love to God and communicated their love within the community of faith as well. I love the psalmist, uh, David says in Psalm 16, he says, I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. I love that idea that, that part of our devotion, our commitment to, uh, to regular pursuing of God together that there's actually a path that God's laid out for us to walk down, right? That to, to share in, that it's not just like, well, I think we should go right here and, and maybe we should go left, but, but there's an actual path that he's laid out for us. And, and that path is revealed through the apostles' teaching and through the fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. But the emphasis I feel like here is on that idea of devotion, right? That, that idea of of walking with one another day by day and, and focusing on him. So I love that, but I think it's more than just walking together day by day. I think there's, there, there's a, you know, I kind of alluded to it before uh, unintentionally. I got ahead of myself before, but the singleness of heart, right? What, what are your thoughts on, on that idea of a singleness of heart? Yeah. I mean, going back to my, uh, my crayons and my, my color coding, right? <laughs> like, um, they devoted themselves. They were together and had everything in common. They continued to meet together. They were together with glad and sincere hearts. Though, like as I dove into the text in my own study and I was looking at those things, there were some definitions that that came up. Um, total benevolence expressed in action. Right, single-minded fidelity to a certain course of action. Right? So there, was, there are different parties, but they're single-minded and they're pursuing the same course of action. Both. No coincidence in both of those definitions, right? There's the word action. It's it's action. Um, there's something being done. Yeah. This is my favorite one. Um, rushing along in unison, right? So it immediately. So I have these two um, knucklehead dogs. They're <laughs> called they're um, they're beagles. They're like seven eighths bulldog, English bulldog, and an eighth beagle. Beagle's supposed to breed some of the health issues out of them. Um, so one day I'm sitting out in the front yard and they have a, a leash and I was being lazy. I just hooked them both up to the same run that was on the tree. And they were just kind of hanging out, doing their thing. It was a beautiful day. And they both stopped and they like have a little bit of beagle in them. So they both kind of like pointing. <laughs> and I look over and I see the neighbor's cat like crawling out from under the box truck, coming down the driveway. And I swear for a split second, they looked at each other as like, we got to do this. And they both took off in unison after this cat and they broke the lead. It's like, you know, an eighth inch, like steel cable. They broke it off the tree and they chased the cat across the street and the cat got away, but the neighbor's dogs were out. So they were like, Hey, we'll go after them instead. So I had to go over there and, and break that up. But just the <laughs> idea, right? So my dogs were 
acted upon by this motivating factor and it caused them to do something instinctually in unison, right? How great, how great would it be for us as followers of Jesus to instinctually just like chase after him yeah. and, and people, right? People who don't know him with that same sort of um, rushing along in unison that my knucklehead dogs went after that poor cat with. <laughs> We'll pray for the cat later. Yeah, well, the cat, like I said, the cat was fine. It was the neighbor's dogs, that, but I got in part. Good, good. And it's powerful, too, right? When you think of I mean, the, the, what they were able to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> Would not have been able to do it on their own, right? Yeah. They've both been on that leash before they didn't break it. So, um, so it kind of it points to this uh, type of, of community, right? A community that has certain characteristics and, and a nature have you ever been a part of a community like that? What have you seen, seen or experienced? I'll tell you what, that, <laughs> it's kind of a convicting question because I've been a part of some great communities of faith, but I'm not sure I've lived and served and worshiped in a community that, that um, exemplified all of these things well together. Right? Uh, it seems like it's, a, it's a, a high ideal to reach, a hard one to accomplish. Um, I mean, I guess maybe the, the closest I could come to it was was in the context of a small group uh, as a young adult, and um, you know there was we, we you know we seemed to be you know in step for a few months, but you know soon after some of the passion went away and, and people got busy and uh, you know people were you know they, they got a new job or whatever and and I think some of that that committed steadfast regular gathering around. The passion that we shared for Jesus Christ right. kind of went away. Right, and I I know I mean because I I know folks at Trinity, I know folks at Crossroads, and I know there are seasons within each of our communities where we experience where we experience this kind of um, community. But at the same time, it's it's uh, it's difficult to maintain, right? And it comes as a result of that submission to the Holy Spirit, yeah. and we get um, so. I guess that that leads to the question of like, what are, why is it difficult? What are the obstacles yeah. uh, to this to this kind of community? That is like, you and I both sit here and look at this. Like, yeah, that's that's what we want, right? So, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on what those obstacles are? Yeah, I mean, I think like the easy Sunday school answer, the the pastoral answer that everyone expects us to say is sin, right? But I mean, I, I think, that's and true. I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. clears throat> But I think as you kind of drill down into what that looks like, I mean, I, I could look at my own life and I think like, man, selfishness rears its ugly head sometimes where I say, I don't, you know, I don't want to go out tonight or I, I don't want to uh, go help with this, this outing, this service opportunity. I'm tired. I've had a long week. Uh, I think that's one, one area where I think it probably works against this idea of community in, in, in the body of Christ is selfishness yeah i mean unfortunately like sin manifests itself in literally thousands of thousands of different ways and i think um, i think living where we live right is an obstacle not an excuse it's an obstacle fairfield county way of life live a thousand miles an hour you know if you have enough stuff if you have the right stuff then you're going to be happy then you're going to be secure and i mean man like if we if we think over the last 12 weeks if anything we should be like that stuff doesn't provide us with any of that security, any of that comfort. It all can go like 
like that. Yeah. Um, it's a good word. It's, yeah, it's just. You know, we, we find that um, we love, as our kids are getting older, the sports that they're involved in, the activities they do, but we quickly, you know, your, your soul gets fatigued in all the commitments you have to make yeah. for your family. And you think, you know, it's usually you want to give the same quality of time and attention to each of these things that you're committing to. But you quickly realize that you really only have, it's not just a matter of time, it's a matter of, uh, of you know, the, the capacity of your, your heart, your mind, your soul to give yourself to these things. And so, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, a commitment to this type of community, one obstacle is the fact that there are so many things that are offered to us in this day and age to commit ourselves to. Right. Um, and, and I get it. I, I, I feel that tension. I feel that pain. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, um, I'm fairly confident the people at Crossroads um, are probably tired at this point of hearing me say, like, fix your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on Jesus. Because when we look at, if we look at Jesus through the lens of Fairfield County, it's going to lead to one course of action, right? But if we're living Jesus-centered lives and we have our eyes fixed on him and we're looking at Fairfield County through the lens of Jesus, it, it leads to a totally different course of action. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the point of unison. That's the point of unity, right? When that's when we can rush along is when we're all fixed on the same thing. Because you may be living a thousand miles an hour chasing after this part of Fairfield County. I might be living a thousand miles an hour chasing after that part of Fairfield County and we're going the further we go, the further apart. That gives it brings to mind a, a quick illustration that I'm thinking of similarly with my dog. We were on the backyard, we had him <clears throat> Uh, on a lead, again, it was one of those steel leads. I wrapped it around the, the banister of our, uh, the, the stairs to our deck. And, uh, you know, I thought it was secure around a few poles, uh, but a bunny hopped across the yard and our dog took off. And now, granted, he didn't snap the line, but he was going in this he direction. <laughs> he was by you himself. Go dog. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we should have that conversation with my wife after this. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was running, and, and he reached the end of his lead, and the lead was pulling in the opposite direction, and he was going this direction, and his poor body got whipped around. And, and you think, man, that's, that, you're right. That, that when, we have different, uh, when we have different commitments, when we're going in different directions, it actually does more to, yeah, to hurt us, right? Yeah, there's like a violence in it almost where we realize we're not, you know, we're going against the flow of what the, our neighbor is doing in, in the community of faith. So, you know, I, and I think too, like maybe this is a good place um, to challenge, not just you or me, but our churches is, you know, to kind of get outside the comfort zone of, of what you were saying before, this idea of a box checking faith, you know, like for many of us, you know, there, there are a number of people that have grown up in the church and they're familiar with the faith or they've been walking with Jesus for a while. And you tend to get into a rhythm that you're comfortable with. And the problem with that is you don't realize maybe God's calling you outside that comfort zone and stretching you a little bit and saying, hey, who are you going in the same direction with joyfully glad, you know, and, and, and in a regular way, day by day with that singleness of heart. Um, man, that's, that's a challenge for me to think about because you do get to a point where in our day and age where you're like, you, you want to be alone, right? <laughs> you want some downtime. You want some quiet space. Uh, 
but Jesus calls us into community. Absolutely. And I think, and not I'm, I'm not disagreeing, absolutely Jesus calls us into community, but I think honoring that, like I need to be alone, right? Yeah. Jesus got alone with his father daily, right? Up early, found a quiet place, spent time with his father. That's like part of the devotion. That's part of the, if we're, if we're doing that individually, when we come together, we're going to have more to give to each other, yeah. right? Then rather than we try to do it on our, on our own strength. Yeah. 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 That, and that's, yeah, exactly. Like it's calling us out of this kind of selfish, uh, kind of take on ourselves to say like, you need to go spend time with Jesus. You need to go spend time with the father, but you also, you know, you need to care for the people within your, within your world, yeah. within your realm. And, and so, yeah. So, so the picture we painted today is of a community of, of Jesus followers who are joyfully going the same direction with Jesus on the Jesus way day by day, right? But, but then Luke tells us something of the outcome of this type of community. In, in verse uh, 47, he says that they're going along praising God and having favor with all the people. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of that? What do you, what do you see? How do you see this being a, a gift for the church and for the world? So, yeah, um, enjoying the favor of all people. I mean, the first thing I think about is I jump right to today, and I don't think the church, capital C, enjoys the favor of many people, never mind all, never mind all people. And I think it's um, because we're, you know, because of the way we act, because of the way we treat each other. Yeah. Over and over and over, like the, I forget how if it's like fifty nine different one another's in the in the New Testament, um, Jesus and the, Paul and the others teach us about how we should be interacting with each other, and we don't do that, right? This, this is not about they enjoy the favor of all people. Like, it's not about watering down the truth to make it to make it more palatable, to make it um, culturally acceptable. It's about living Jesus-centered lives that out of the overflow of that, we live, we love the people around us, right? We meet people in the middle of their mess and we help them move, we help them move closer to Jesus. I mean, and I think that, living like that, would lead to more people looking favorably on church, enjoying the favor of all people. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot more to it than that, but. Uh, no, that's, I love that. That's great because, you know, I agree with you. Uh, Luke, the rest of the verse, um, Luke says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And I think what that says to me is we as a church, we, we live Jesus-centered lives. We focus on uh, on pursuing him together, and we leave the work of, of, of the world being impacted and transformed by Jesus up to him, right? Like he's the one who's adding right, to the church. Right. He's the one that's doing the work. He's the work of even transforming us as we keep our focus on him as as we, as we look to Jesus over and over, day by day, in, in unison with other believers, man, that's when he transforms our hearts and minds. And, and then, as I love that picture of an overflow. I mean, you almost think of you know, this cup to fill it up with water, and I'm filling it up with Jesus it's to the point where Jesus is overflowing into the world around it. And, and man, yeah, that, we can't create favor right, with our world. I think that's, that's a challenge for us to consider is, there's nothing good, you know, there's no way we can convince someone to look kindly upon the church. That's a work that only Jesus can do. Right.
Crossroads, it's been a joy to worship with you this morning. I hope you've had as much fun as I have in speaking with Pastor Tom about the passage from Acts chapter 2. Let me just encourage you. Uh, Pastor Tom feels that he's said this enough to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. So let me say it for him. Crossroads, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and do it together. We are going to be, as the people of God, like his two knucklehead dogs tearing away after that neighborhood cat if we can do that. So I hope you uh, are able to continue in that as we go out from our time of worship today. Hey Trinity, thanks so much for, uh, for allowing us to, to participate in this uh, great little adventure together. And I would just, I would just encourage you to, um, to model the, the humility of your leadership as they, uh, as they approached us with this idea about doing things differently and um, that it's, this, is an, this is an opportunity. We all have this unique opportunity where the world has been turned upside down to take a look at where we are. God is trying to get our attention and to do things differently, to live differently in Fairfield County and to make a difference for Jesus and enjoy that favor of all people and watch what God does.